Hello everyone, welcome to episode number 48 of True Cult Pop, the music podcast. Hope you're good, hope you're well, hope you're having a lovely time. The, the end of the summer, the summer fizzling away into the ether until next year. We're getting into um, lovely, warm, golden brown autumnal season is where we're heading next. That's uh, my audition to be... Uh, TVM weather girl. Uh, <laughs> it's good, wasn't it? It's good. It's me, oh. Stephen Hill, and joined them. Speaking of warm, brown, and autumnal, but but slightly chilly sometimes, it's Gaz Jones joining me as ever. Is that fair, Gaz? Would you say? I think that's, I think that's fair, mate. Tell you what. Tell you fair. what. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your lovely shiny chestnut head. Oh, th- oh thanks, mate. Yeah, it's a freshly shaved bonce. Yeah, I mean, I'd have, I'd have done a right back at you in that circumstance but you know you do you mate you do you you do you, <laughs> you, do you baby <laughs> you do you how you been mate how's tricks I'm what's get, going I'm on good, mate. I'm, I'm officially moved hey i know i can see the new um setup behind me yeah yeah I can see I can, is that my imagination or is that tapes have you got your old zx spectrum sinclair what over is there that, yeah is that tape over there, uh, over there. No, tape, tapes are over there all right. That 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 there, mate, is uh, my laserdisc collection. Fucking hell! How big's this room? Beat that, Sam Slight. Have you got? A, have you moved into Trump Plaza on the penthouse yeah. suite? Yeah, yeah, big time. It's big time. Well, well, according to my hacked Instagram account, uh, I've just bought a Range Rover, so. Yeah, if you follow Gaz on Instagram, it's been a confusing few days. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But um, uh, can conf- can- you keep getting hacked on social media. What is it about you? Uh, and th- hackers? I, I really don't know. It's it's not even like I've got anything interesting to say on there. It's just pictures of records and the old picture of like my son like mm. flicking and me the bird because he's a moody teenager now that's about retweeting it. this somebody doesn't want this podcast to be retweeted out so they're yeah. doing anything they can do to stop yeah. they, they haven't gone I'm, straight to the source that would be too obvious yeah they've exactly gone right. to yeah. your personal account yeah. unbelievable well mate um yeah. hopefully this is the final I, I, hopefully i've well, just set up another new one so uh yeah i have I've got a that. sneaking suspicion whoever's hacked it is blatantly a seahorses fan that's all i'm gonna say yeah yeah, um, I actually got a lovely thanks, Tom. If you listen to this, love my, my good friend Tom, who does the press for Cooler Shaker, was like, I suspect this is going to be a no. Do you want to go and see Cooler Shaker at the Hundred Club on Monday? And I was like, I don't know that it's worth me doing that, to be honest, Tom. But thank you for the invite. Always, always invite me. Always invite me. I think that is the, you know, that is the thing to do. So thanks, Tom. Um, I we probably I would, will review the Cooler Shaker album. I would have gone. I'm getting back from, as you know, mate, I'm in a chalet in Cornwall yeah. at the moment. Uh, it's raining, obviously. Well, yeah, but I could go on your behalf. If, if you want me to sort that out for you, mate, I can probably, I mean, this will, I know it still hasn't happened yet. So we can, we can do, we can probably, if you want to come and review it for the podcast, absolutely. Yeah, let's see. You have a little you know double what? date, you and James Britpop Memories. That'd be a good time, wouldn't it? Oh, can I shock you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think K is an underrated classic. No, no, it's not. It's really not. It's really not. Even I draw the line there. Uh, all right, Jason good. Arnott, both on the same page, regards to that. But yeah, anyway, it, 
it's nice to have a fun start to this podcast where we talk about laser discs and cooler shaker and yeah. uh my friend tom hello tom and all the other good and nice shiny heads because mm. this week on the show um I'm actually well. I should say that like, I am away. Like I say, I'm in Cornwall at the moment, I'm taking a week. I'm doing this on a little break that I have before I go off and have dinner. I sent you a video yesterday, didn't I, Gaz, of the um, the entertainment in near the chalets where I'm staying of a girl who couldn't have been more than 17 years old sang a load of 90 songs in a in a bar. Although she picked, if I could turn yeah. back time by share, which as you quite rightly pointed out, it was released in 1989. So it's a shambles, yeah. basically, an absolute fucking shambles. But yeah. that's where I am at the moment. Yeah. Um, go on, get it all off your chest. <laughs> that's all right i was more angry last night i was Get like no hang on a minute i even fucking wicked it and i'm like i was just like am i being just an old twat now but i was like no it came out it was like may april or may 1989 i was like i fucking knew it it's you know, an amazing she could have played anything from the you know from the 90s share shoop. oeuvre you know shoop, believe shoop. um yeah yeah shoop shoop song um mm. uh one by one that was a banger that was a great tune what else did Cher release in the nineties? This is strong enough. Oh yeah, I'm strong enough. enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, she did like merge straight into "Hit Me Baby One More Time" by Britney Spears straight after that. Like no, no gap either. It was like a medley. The whole Ooh, thing was a medley. That just went through. Unbelievable, unbelievable scene. Well nice. worth the money. I did, you don't have to pay because you're you don't have on to pay the, the side. Go it. Yeah, so well worth the money. Um. Anyway, so it's probably going to be a fairly short podcast, so we're not going to do any reviews. There are a bunch of things that we do want to talk about. Granddaddy, Ash Nico, uh, Empire State Bastard, all of those things we would have been talking about. We're probably going to save that till next week um, because we're going to try and make this relatively short, uh, this podcast. Uh, this week on the show, I have picked five songs that I just can't listen to anymore. And we're going to be talking about that um, oh-so-dangerous uh, thing about the um, separating the art from the artist and when you do do that and maybe when you don't do that obviously it's kind of highly personal thing so we'll be exploring that sort of thesis over the medium of five songs that I used to love that I now just can't really listen to so it might be a bit serious it might not be much fun this episode but I think it should be at the very least interesting um, if you don't want something which is heavy like that, then I have actually put out two podcasts about the Reading Festival, which I went to last week. I did a couple of monologues about my time at the Reading Festival, had a lovely time. So there's a Friday, Saturday review. There's a Sunday review. That's on the feed now if you want to go and listen to that. Also, True, Cap, True Crap Pop made a glorious return this week <laughs> as uh, Sam and I yeah. went full-blown into the weird world, wonderful and definitely real world of Adam Ian Bill Woodyat and his album, It's Time for Love. If you haven't listened to our sister podcast where myself and Sam Slight rank uh, the worst albums ever made to see if we can find the worst album ever made ever, um, we have been putting them out. We've only done five episodes since True Cult Pop's been a thing. Um, we are going to start doing them with more regularity. The next one's going to be Fly on the Wall by ACDC. Um, just as a little spoiler that's what came out of the hat next so that should be with you in a couple of weeks time um you did an audible intake of breath there gaz and you're shaking your head as if to say why are you on a why are you on? that's not even the worst acdc album to be discussed 
To be discussed. Yeah. I'm not getting into it. To be discussed. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Is it the worst ACDC right. album? I mean, you obviously, you've, no. you've shot your breath. There you go. No. <laughs> End Next of the podcast. Question. I tell you what, I will say this. Shake Your Foundations is a fucking mm. banger. Oh. That's a fucking banger. Right? Um... Anyway, so True Crap Bop should be with you in the next couple of weeks. We're going to try and do them maybe like every other week, at least one a month, I think me and Sam said we're going to do. But in the meantime, go over and listen to us talking about What an Album by Adam Woodyat, a.k.a. Ian Bill. Uh, if you want to sign up for our exclusive content on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash True Cult Pop, you can go over there and sign up for that and help us out uh, in, in other ways money basically um because i'm away we didn't get a chance to record anything before i went away and we are going to be giving you a podcast on sons of the north the debut album from um the early 2010s retro hard rockers black spiders fuck you black spiders and all that we are going to be doing that usually that would be out on a saturday uh i think we're going to record it when i get home on sunday so i'm going to put that up sunday night rather than us do it here because between you and i and our listeners um, Gaz, uh, I'm tethered to my <laughs> my mobile phone. I've got no Wi-Fi here. So I'm scared it's going to yeah. drop out at any minute. We're doing all right so far, though. It's been fine so far, I think. But I think out there. That was, you, yeah, it was, yeah. No, no, not at all. You, you basically just ruined the illusion. I have ruined the illusion, but I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to give everyone as many peeks behind the curtain as they so desire. <laughs> but, mate, what I will say, as a little tease, you might have to wait a little bit longer for it, but... Sons of the North by Black Spiders is quite brilliant. Quite, quite brilliant. It's wonderful. I, I, I can't wait to start talking about some, um, the kind of the tail end of the, the classic rock kind of revival, I guess. But they were definitely one of the very best that came out of that scene. Ah. Oh unquestionably yeah for me they definitely and were. we get to talk and we get to talk about one of the greatest most I knew underrated it. bands of the late 90s I knew it I knew Don't you wouldn't be able to resist finest. I knew you wouldn't be able to resist I, I knew you wouldn't I, I knew you I, as soon as I, I, could, I texted you gave you the option of doing this album I was like man gonna talk about group dog drill and ting and here we yeah. are <laughs> <laughs> me, me telling you about Stevie Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, mate, Half Nelson, which recently came out on vinyl by Group Dog Chill, a great underrated lost 90s classic. We should recommend I think more that, of those. I think they're we? both. I, we should, yeah, there's an idea. Maybe we should start talking about some more 90s stuff. Um, <laughs> you know. I know everyone loves it. <laughs> the thing is, a lot of people that they actually do uh yeah so that's coming out sons of the north by black spiders that should be a good chat and coming this wednesday kate bush's hounds of love gets the full-blown classic album treatment if you sign up for the five pound tier um that should again be really really interesting i've listened to that about four or five times in the last few days before i came out here and i am so excited about doing that i'm so 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 excited about doing that obviously bit of strange stranger things chat probably uh yeah, a little bit, a little bit, little, little bit. bit. I've only seen the first season, so yeah, I've I've I I am not aware of. I mean, I probably will get into this in more detail, but I am not yeah. aware of the scene or the reason for running up that hill became such a monster hit. I, I know it was off Stranger Things. That's all I know. Yeah, <sighs> but I guess I, I'll 
I'll do some research. I'll find out. I'll There's find an out. Idea. She'll see me. Um, yeah. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash true cult pop. It's all over there. Right. Before we go any further and get into the nasty stuff, one final breath of fresh air from the two songs that we've been listening to this week that are stuck in our heads. Uh, Gaz, um, you sent me something, which I'll be honest with you, mate, I'd never heard before. I'd really? never heard this song before. Yeah, go on, tell people what you've been listening to because oh, it's fucking quite um, a tune, but I've never heard it. Oh, it's uh, oh, it's it's an absolute banger. I mean, it's kind of proto garage, I guess, from yeah. 1996 before before people were even really calling it uh, garage or garage. Uh, I've gone for a, well, basically last weekend I kind of did as little as possible because I knew it was just going to be hell on earth come Monday when I was moving. Um, so uh, me and my girlfriend we. Uh, uh, binged um, one of the best BBC comedies of well many many fucking years uh, a, a TV show called People Just Do Nothing don't know if you're aware of that Steve I am aware of that yeah I've seen a few episodes of it um, never really wonderful. grabbed me that much I've got to be honest oh uh, really okay fair enough mm. um, but yeah and then uh, <sighs> um, this track played over the kind of closing credits of one of the episodes it's tra- tracked by Roy Davis Jr and it's called Gabriel um, from 1996. Yeah, I remember this at the time being on the radio a lot. Hmm. Um, and it, I remember it in in like 1996 is when I was dipping my toes into uh, the regional nightclubs, <laughs> as we all did back then with the sticky floors. Um, you know, sh- shout out Pascos and Music Box and St Ives. <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um. See, I always remember this being like a massive hit and like sort of reading into it. Like, it only got to number 22 in the charts. Way too low. Because like, for me, this is like an all-time garage classic. That trumpet hook. Mm. It's, oh, it's just Gabriel play. And it's, yeah. It's like the the, the only the, the only version that's on like Spotify and iTunes and stuff is about eight and a half minutes long, but it's just... It's worth every second. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just wonderful, and it. I swear that this this must have been one of the first kind of garage songs that that got in the charts. It must have been, nineteen ninety six. You know, you're, you're thinking Definitely. that you know what, what was big in dance music in nineteen ninety six. It was like you know it's fucking Firestarter. Do you know what I mean? Block rocking beats and all this kind of stuff. But this stuff was like already there, and was already breaking out into the mainstream by ha- getting getting in the charts you know mm. yeah it's funny isn't it because mm. I looked at it and I was like fucking no, no, no. I expected because when I put it on I listened to it and you'd said like oh you know it's a kind of garage classic early garage classic and I was like oh I don't really remember that and I do think you know like, I think we've, we've spoken about it before and we will do I'm sure at some point we still will do something about the kind of UK garage movement of I'm thinking the kind of the very 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 early 2000s maybe the kind of late 90s into the early early 2000s is really like the kind of boom years in it and this is a good few years before yeah. that um and that kind of mix of yeah i guess that kind of early chicago house with something a bit more kind of um it's not really drum it's not kind of aggressive or fast enough no. to be considered drum and bass at all but it has got that kind of i don't know it's got that kind of shuffly 
kind of broken beat feel to it that at the time you would have gone oh is that drum and bass but it doesn't really sound like drum and bass so it's a really weird mix because yeah like you say where electronic music and dance music and and i guess even like club culture was at that point was certainly way more in your face i feel like than something like this which is much more laid back when you think about and what else came out around that time other than firestarter block rocking beats um like josh wink um would have been oh, high state of consciousness, high yeah. state of consciousness by Josh Wink, yeah. which is you know not even particularly like um, hyper aggressive in a way that Firestarter is, but it's just a lot, right? Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like it's not like it's not an easy thing to listen to, and you think like this is the you know the, the, the when Aphex Twin starts to get more and more kind of you know OT like more aggressive, and then you've also got that dance chart stuff that we have spoken about a bunch of times before from the kind of you know the 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 mid part of the 90s all that kind of euro dance stuff was so fucking absurdly ridiculously over the top it started to become really 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 over the top and yeah uk garage sort of tones all that down in a really kind of it just sort of sounds cool, doesn't it? And it does hark back to you know that kind of early chicago house thing and i was like oh yeah shit like this this feels like some kind of big bang moment that I wasn't really aware of at all. I mean, I, I certainly wasn't aware of it at the time. It was just like, oh, it's just another no. dance record, you know. Um, yeah. I, I had no idea of kind of categorization. I mean, you were talking about like, you know, like, like big records from 1996. Um, two of the biggest, man, Robert Marles' Children and Underworld yeah. Born Slippy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and, but, and but, they yeah, could like, be much it, more different in one way, but also kind of quite similar in another. In the fact that they are yeah, ma- yeah. kind oh, of like, very obnoxious in a lot of ways, both of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck! I've just realised another one: Faithless Insomnia. What uh, a bad yeah. year for dance music. Nine ninety six no, was it? Bloody no, hell. no, not at all. Um, but but yeah, there's just there was something a bit kind of. I don't know, slinkier and kind of sexier. Like you said, it kind of it fuses that kind of Chicago house sound with like the keyboards and stuff like that but it, it was the drum beat that made it just different and as we mm. know now that is essentially that is a garage beat mm. do you know what I mean yeah. but no one was calling it a garage beat like you were saying it was just like it's just drum and bass it just sounds like a chilled kind of drum and bass thing and you know um, but yeah I've always loved this song um, and, and kind of hearing it on people if people just do nothing just brought it all back again I was just like oh, this had well, to be my earworm this week well mate a fucking when you look at the impact and legacy of it, right, on the, which I'm reading from the Wikipedia page, I don't necessarily definitely quote me on this, but Gorgon City um, compiled a list of their top UK garage songs for Billboard um, on mm. ranked list at number 26. The Guardian listed this song at number three in their list of the best UK garage tracks ever. Um, yeah. the, uh, the, the original Dodger, formerly known as the Artful Dodger, included the song in the 10 best UK garage tracks ever. And Heartless Crew... Um, Included it in their list of the 10 best ever UK garage tunes. Uh, Mixmag put it in the 40 best UK garage tracks released from 95 yeah. to 2005. And uh, in their top 16 best uplifting vocal garage tracks. I mean, that's that's a lot, right? That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't claim to be uh, an oracle at all on UK garage. I just remember, I remember the boom period. I remember suddenly yeah. people were like, UK Garage, this is this thing. And I was a bit yeah. like, oh, okay, I don't really know what this is. And at first I didn't like it. And then actually a few years later, I was like, do you know what, actually this is fucking brilliant. I mean, particularly like for me, So Solo Crew were, were just like the most 
lovely amount of fun i really i fucking was like <laughs> so just like these guys are great you know in a world where you know so you think that those sort of crew come along at the same time as like travis and coldplay are, are, are like the indie rock thing and new metal's getting a bit like Phew. and i was really into hardcore so i saw so solid crew and i was like these fuckers are obnoxious and angry yeah. and threatening and on the front page of the daily mail and they're unrepentant they're great they're absolutely great i mean this track is very different from from that but yeah. that was really when i first sort of paid any attention to it but it's interesting as a genre that i haven't i don't really know the history of to listen to part of the history of it it's very good i, I, I think this is a cracking song mate great choice nice one mate now can we talk about one of the greatest songs ever written please yeah so i've let you, you. Go, let you go first because again funnily enough i um i was watching a, a tv program um and i heard a song on it and um i was like are you familiar with the 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 tv show black friday with um don Cheadle? no no okay it's a cool show it's basically okay. set in um was it 1987 um the 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 wall street crash the black the the black friday wall street crash it's kind of a sitcom and it set a kind of uh a it starts a year before that big wall street crash of the late 80s i don't know the exact date i can't remember off the top of my head i think it's 87 or 88 um and Mm -hmm. John Cheadle is the owner of this kind of upcoming uh, financial company um, and they run it like the Wild West. And it's, it, it's, it's a really good show. Like, I think it gets a bit silly when you get into the sort of second series. But the first series is great. And I watched the first episode and it's one of those shows that kind of grabbed me straight away. And I watched it a couple of years ago and I, start, I watched the first episode again because I really remember being like, the first episode is really 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 good and the first episode ends with all of the characters that you've just met going back to their apartments and just being kind of showing that money means nothing and they're all sad and they're all depressed and they're all like pissed off at the world and over the top of it new york minute by don henley plays in its entirety it's six minute and 37 second entirety and it is such a brilliant 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 scene and you know when a song you know you think like i don't think any other song could have made this scene so brilliant this would have been this would have gone from like oh okay so that's what happened at the end of that episode to you going wow this show's fucking awesome what a way to end the show and so much of it relies on new york minute by don henley so as a song um it was released i actually got the exact release date when it was released as a single but obviously it's um it's from don henley's 1989 album the end of innocence and like you quite rightly said gaz it is just a spectacularly brilliant song it feels like i almost feel like i'm cheating by picking this song as a kind of earworm because it's so much more than just like hey do you remember that cool song it's cool right this song is fucking unbelievable absolutely unbelievable i mean anything else to add to that really oh it's just everything about it is perfect literally just everything you pick you cherry pick any part of that song any instrumentation it's just perfect from you know the fretless bass Mm -hmm. to like the the little kind of what that boom yeah 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 yeah. it's just like oh and 
and the, the way it starts with the big kind of orchestral kind of big flourish and then and then you got the little kind of digga 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 on the piano yeah. and then everything just cuts out and it's just like one note bam 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 but and and you know and then don henley comes in with just i don't know it, it just kills man it, you know harry got up dressed all in black went down to the station and he never came back they found mm. his clothing scattered somewhere down the track and he worked me down to wall street in the morning that's how you start a fucking song yeah it's amazing and and but, but like you know it, Everything, you know, the, the kind of middle eight bit it, it, to the end, like, you know, with the kind of, sort of more, more for kind of trumpet kind of interludes. And then when it all comes back in again at the end, and then and then Don Henley does the falsetto. Mm. And by this point, I'm just, I'm just a dribbling wreck, just floods of tears. This song just, I've, I've always loved it. I remember this song from when I was a kid. It was, my dad had the, um, uh, the end of end of innocence from the album. Yeah, the end of innocence. He had that on cassette in the car. So what? It's it, it's it's an amazing album. Um, you know, Don Henley has written some of the greatest kind of perfect kind of driving rock songs. You know, not like this boys of slammer, dirty laundry, mm-hmm. um, the title track end of uh, end of innocence. I will not just... quietly featuring Axel Rose on this record as well. Yeah, yeah, Axel Rose. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's on a couple of tracks. I think. I think he co-wrote a few of the songs on it as well. Uh, um, I, did, I couldn't tell you to be honest, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's you know, it's it's just it's just one of those kind of perfect kind of radio staples. And I, and I, I know obviously it took on a completely different meaning, like you know, post nine eleven and stuff like this. But like mm. I said to you, you know. <laughs> and you know I'm 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 probably going to get shad with shit for saying this, but I just don't care. The most affected this song, or the, the, the time this song affected me most, was um, when it was used in Sex in the City, and I make no apologies for saying that. I've, <laughs> I've never seen. I, I think I've seen like maybe an, an episode and a half of Sex and City, so I couldn't. Well, you know, in a, in a you know in a. In a, in a different time and a different life, um, yeah, I was kind of forced to kind of watch. Sex well, I've heard it's quite uh, good. Uh, well, the, well the, good. the series is fu- yeah. is is fucking it's great. The film, yeah. right? Oh, uh, the films. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've seen Kermo's legendary rant. I have. When he was yeah. reviewing the I second like one, fuck me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would. This is pretty much like the kind of perfect song. And I will never, ever get bored. The, the live version, I think I, I, I think it's at the Eagles' Hell Freezes Over gig from the mid-90s when they reformed. Right. They do a version of this. Oh, okay. I've not heard that. It's fucking out. It is outrageous. Yeah, I mean, like, this is the sort of thing that uh, previous podcasts that I have done would have sort of looked at music like this very very mainstream quite saccharine quite sickly aor you know earnest balladeering from a, a time prior to the alt rock explosion and have yeah. maybe been tempted to kind of been like well it's not really the sort of thing that we cover but i mean i think is this song cool would you consider this song cool? I mean, certainly more so than something like that I've brought in, like Hue and Cry, maybe, yeah. But like, um, 
I I just think that that you know to kind of write off a song as unfantastically written as this, like this is pro, you know like with uh, I don't want to sound like an old old man after sort of <laughs> like spend the weekend you know reading read listening to to Becky Hill and Central C right, <laughs> but like this is yeah. this is this is proper songwriting. I mean, and when I say proper songwriting, yeah. all songwriting if it's good is you know proper songwriting. But I mean in the kind of the traditional sense of universal affecting popular music this it doesn't get much better than this it doesn't does it it just no. doesn't no. no it 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 doesn't i mean it's it's interesting what you're saying i i generally don't for me this is the right side of of cheese it could have gone a bit further down the rabbit hole and it could have ended up being like a fucking overly earnest michael bolton song Yes, exactly. That we would have all had a laugh singing along to, pissed out of our head at three in the morning. Mm. Like, you know, what, what, you know, insert Bolton song, you know, how am I supposed to live without you? Or how can mm. we be lovers if we can't be friends? Or so, you know yeah. what I mean? It's so fucking overly it's but tune, though, at three in, the mor- three in the morning when you've had a skinful, it sounds fucking great. This, yeah. there is genuine fucking, like, skill and craft. And so much kind of thought has gone into every fucking facet of this song. Production-wise, lyric-wise, um, and I've—I would never look down my nose or be sniffy over this, even if I couldn't give a flying fuck about kind of AOR music, which you know, <laughs> obviously, people that know me, I fucking adore this shit. Mm. You know, this is me. This is my brilliant. This is what I grew up on. You know, you know, my parents hated each other. The only thing they agreed on was music. You know, Queen, Van Halen, ACDC, the Eagles, and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Um, so I was exposed to all this kind of shit in the car, and it was you know long car journeys and stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I I will. It. I can't understand. I couldn't really understand why you wouldn't at least appreciate this song. Because it's nice. a, it's a fucking towering achievement. Oh my god! It's this in- is yeah. a towering achievement. It's incredible. It's ah. Absolutely incredible. It's a completely incredible. It's as good as when I think about stuff that. You know, I have gone mad on it. Like, think about the artistic craft, and you know, think about like how worthy this music is. Something like I don't know. Let's pick um, like Jane Doe by Converge, or yeah. Through Silver and Blood from Neurosis. And they're not, not supposed to like. I mean, funnily, we're probably going to mention Neurosis a little bit when we get to the kind of hmm. main thing in a bit. But like, when you think about that, and you go like, this is so incredible this music in a completely different but no less affecting way New York Minute by Don Henley is I was going to say the equal at the very least at the absolute minimum the kind of equal of something like that because this is massive and it appeals to so many people and it is you know it is endured for so many years and it still sounds really really brilliant and really affecting now and i just you know i'm not sure it ever was in style so i don't think it can ever really go out of style and uh that's kind of a beautiful yeah. thing really i mean i know it's sold pretty well obviously the guy was in the eagles um yeah he's, he's not had trouble shifting yeah. units throughout his career but you know there's a reason why <laughs> they've sold so many more copies than you know a lot yeah. of bands that sound very very similar to him yeah th- this is absolutely fucking absurd this song absurd brilliant incredible wonderful heartbreaking moving powerful all those things yeah. i love it i absolutely love it i couldn't love it more same mm. uh, great so choice you go. mate great if choice. you've 
If you've never listened to New York Minute by Don Henley, ho, 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 go and do that. Definitely go and do yeah. that. Yeah. Or subscribe awesome. to the Earworms of the Week. Um, oh, yes. Somebody actually asked me for that the other day and I saw it. I couldn't find your playlist. Sorry, mate. I haven't actually, didn't respond to that on the Twitter or the X, whatever you fucking call that app now. But I didn't respond to it. I apologize for that. Um, uh, I'll get Gaz to send it over and I'll link it with the episode. Yeah. Th- this episode that you're listening to right now. Um, because we do do that. So that should be a good time. Um, all right. Now, let's just move on because, you know, we're going to say we're going to try and bust our way through this. So let's just move on to uh, the purpose of the show today, which is I kind of wanted to talk about, and it's something that we've discussed a fair bit before when it comes to like, you know, people listening to music or, you know, where you draw the line with what music you listen to and, you know, artists being quote unquote cancelled and all that. And I kind of wanted to, to sort of talk about the, I guess the kind of the, the mechanics of your mind about the notion of not listening to songs or artists anymore and the ways and the whys and the hows that that kind of happens to you. And the kind of, I guess the sort of the moral quandaries and juxtapositions that um, that those sort of things throw up in your mind. And before I get into it, I just want to say, this is not for me to judge anyone and say what you shouldn't be listening to or what you should be listening to or how you should be listening to music or why you should be listening to music because I don't know how any of you feel about a certain piece of music that maybe somebody who is, you know, in your eyes, totally reprehensible completely without any sort of redeeming qualities i don't know how you feel about that particular piece of music and i don't know where you draw the line yourself and your own moral compass where that kind of sits for um what someone would need to do for you to stop listening to them so i just want to kind of preface this by saying this is not meant to be a judgy thing this is not meant to be a preachy thing i'm not judging anyone i'm not preaching to anyone um, and I think people that do do that are actually pretty shitty people, to be perfectly honest. I think if you're just going to kind of point blank, blankly go, I don't listen to this artist, ergo, you're bad if you do, uh, without even bothering to think about or take into account the reasons why somebody might do that. I actually think that's a kind of a, quite a shitty thing to do. I think it's kind of a shitty thing to do to police other people's um, opinions on art and turning around to go oh well, well Marilyn Manson isn't art well maybe not to you but that's not really your decision to make to, to, to somebody else so I'm definitely not doing that um this is just a kind of a conversation and exploration um on how outside influences can affect and infect the way that you feel about music and how you yourself react to that and it's sort of inspired by the fact that um Probably, if you'd have gone back, uh, what was it now, like two, three months, I think my favourite album of the year, if we were doing, I was thinking about what my albums of the year would be, and there was a little period before certain things came to light, where I think my album of the year would have been the latest Slow Tie album. I think that would have, when we got to the end of 2023, and we did our top, when we do our top 20 albums of the year, I pretty, was pretty confident that Slow Tie album would, would have been, was, would still probably currently be the front runner for my number one place. And I was thinking about that. And for whatever reason, the day I was like, yeah, I've not listened to it for ages because, I mean, if you don't know what's happened and what's come out recently with Slow Tie, 
I'll let you go and discover that for yourself. You can pause the podcast here and have a little look. Needless to say, it's pretty gross. It's pretty rank. And I hadn't, just for whatever reason, I hadn't listened. Well, <laughs> that's the reason. I hadn't listened to his album for a little while. And I decided to put on one of the songs that I thought were one of the best songs. So I put on the song Tourniquet mm. from that album. And a song which felt so brilliant and so powerful and so moving and so honest when I first heard it now to me felt like a sham um it felt fake it felt forced uh it didn't impress me it didn't move me and all the things that I loved about it before I now felt quite kind of naive for ever thinking those things knowing what I now know about slow tie so it's made me go well I can't imagine I'll ever go back to that record um and it made me sort of think about are there other songs in my life or there other artists or you know when does one do that I mean it's a personal thing but it's also a tough thing do you think Gaz I mean just to bring you in here how do you feel about um when you do and don't or, or how you kind of approach those yeah. sort of <clears throat> well I mean I, I kind of had a similar one to you um, in regards to what you were saying about a slow time and I had when I was <clears throat> when I, I guested on uh, the, uh, the end of year shows you did last uh, last Christmas uh, one of my top five albums of the year was yeah, yeah. Um, was the sophomore round by, by uh, ex Manson vocalist Paul Draper um, which it was one of the albums I listened to the most last year. I fucking adored it. I was just like, yes, he's back. He's doing the kind of proggy kind of Manson six era stuff again. Yes, brilliant. This is great. This is just what I needed in my life. And then, you know, all the kind of horrible shit that came out um, at the start of this year, you know, in regards to him kind of like stalking um, um, an amazing musician called uh, Catherine Ann Davis who, who goes under the name The Anchoress. Um, yeah, really, really mm-hmm. fucking yeah, good, yeah, really good yeah. stuff. Um, and to, and just loads of other kind of nasty shit, and a lot, a lot of stuff that kind of came out in the wash. Um, as to like the way he'd kind of treated like ex Manson members and stuff like this, and I was just like, oh man. And like a few months ago, I tried to, I, I you know, I put on the album because I was just like, okay, let's let's can you separate art from the artist? And I, I got a couple of tracks in and I was just like, oh, I can't really, nah, I can't really listen to this anymore. And it's such a shame. You know, I just, you know, I, I, I tried because I will always, you know, love, love Manson. And kind of Manson, like, like, obviously, you know, you were at Reading 2023 last weekend. I was at, I was at home mm-hmm. uh, reliving Reading 1998 for the weekends. <laughs> you know, I was just watching loads of old... <laughs> yeah, funny It's not shocker. like you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, me and James having a ruddy good time. Um, you know, I was, uh, yeah. I was watching like, like Manson set. They fucking killed it on the main stage that year. And I, was, and I was actually okay, like, listening and watching Manson stuff. Because I, I guess I was kind of putting myself in a frame. But, okay, I was 20 when I was watching this in front of me in 1998. But it's it it's a conversation like in terms of like you know separating art from the artist. It's something like me and my girlfriend talk about you know quite a lot. Um, you know, can you kind of forgive someone of their ills or being an absolute prick? You know, a la nineteen seventy five. You know, 
can, can, can you listen yeah. to the music and still kind of mm. genuinely have like an emotional connection with the music you know whilst trying to forget you know who's who's behind said music and you know sometimes it, it well, it's, I guess it just kind of varies from case to case yes well it's funny actually because somebody uh, Stephen hello mate thank you very much for your message the other day on our Patreon page actually sent me a message regarding some of my comments about Matty Healy uh, at the weekend and was like you know I think maybe that like he's basically he was kind of like you know I think some of the things that Matty Healy has done can actually hurt people because I was quite dismissive to go I don't think Matty Healy's actually kind of actually hurting anyone um and he made some points which you know I I was like yeah you might be right there you know like I think you probably like some of the things he said to me which is a, you know a private message so I won't go into them but like I was like yeah you know you 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 may have a pretty you've got a pretty good point there and I, I couldn't disagree with a lot of stuff that he's saying um I still kind of look at Matt Healy and think like I don't think you're a a bad human being I don't think you're an inherently like I think Slow Tie and Paul Draper are quite a, a nasty nasty dangerous yeah. people I think Matty Healy's yeah. a knobhead yeah. right and I think I think yeah. there's a difference between someone who's like mate don't do that it's a shitty thing to do I, you know I think I've said this before I may have said this before I'm not sure I, I like as a football fan I've there's something that Tottenham get called a lot and when I was growing up I used to hear it all the time and I didn't know what it meant and I once used the quite a quite a kind of anti-semitic slur about Tottenham in front of a mate of mine and he went don't say that it means that mm. and once I knew yeah. <laughs> I was like oh fuck okay oh shit okay yeah all right you're right and I think um someone again like I said the other day about Matty Healy like somebody probably needs to sit him down and go that's actually not okay for you to do that and I feel like he were you to do that he probably would be like, oh yeah, actually, yeah, that's that's not really very cool, is it? That's not really very good of me to do that. Whereas, and I do ha kind of have faith in him that he he would do that. Like I, for whatever reason, I do just, I, I, I do think that. Like in, in, in the real world, not the kind of the Matty <laughs> yeah. Healy show, 1975 fucking on stage, like whatever bullshit and kind of, you know, <sighs> shit that he's getting up to. I think in the real world, he would, yeah. be, he would be able to look at himself and go, yeah, actually that's not cool. Um, so I think that, yeah, that that's maybe because there are some things here that I'm about to talk about, where uh, it is just the song and it's not necessarily the artist. In fact, let's 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 get into it now. So the first song that I've picked, I'm kind of starting off with one um, that I think everybody involved, even the people who have made it involved, would be like, yeah, um, you're probably right not to want to listen to that. All in the Family <laughs> by Corn. Now, All in the Family is was actually released, it says here, as a single, which I think is mad. Um it was a it was a radio teaser um for a song from Korn's classic nineteen ninety eight album, Follow the Leader. And it is the now quite infamous duel, rhyme duel, rhyme duet between Corn Frontman Jonathan Davis and Limp Biscuits Fred Durst. I mean, the first thing to say about this song, uh, it's <laughs> crap. Like, it's terrible. It's always been terrible. It's not a good song. It's just like, first and foremost, very easy to not want to listen to this song anymore. Mm. It's just not a good song, first and foremost. So, on that level alone, <laughs> it's like, 
see you later mate don't need you um i assume as a kind of new metal skeptic gaz you probably agree yeah with I mean, I mean, stuff like this is precisely why i never really kind of got on or really seriously got into new like new metal you know deftones and spine shank aside you know uh, hey. <laughs> um it, it, <laughs> you know the, the way it was it uses the word fag pipes i mean fuck's sake you know it is it harmless kind of school playground insults well no it's it's so much fucking more than that you know the kind of anti-gay kind of rhetoric it's made me so fucking uncomfortable even back then when when you're kind of you know late teens and it's you know the environment i was kind of growing up in and exposed to it, i it wasn't until kind of many years later that but people who i knew back then you know kind of came out as as being gay you know um i can only imagine how fucking hard it must have been you know to kind of hear you know to kind yeah, of hear I mean, you know, Hear, hear this shit. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've read kind of, you know, stories in the intervening years like Fred Durst going, oh, yeah, yeah, we were all just drunk and, oh, John Dave's like, oh, that my mind on, you know, fucking Charlie and drinking away and da da da. It's just, what? I, I, don't, I don't fucking buy that for one second. I'm sorry. I, I generally don't buy that. Well, I, I think in Jonathan Davis's case, and actually, I mean, even now today, Fred Durst seems like a very different person to the Fred Durst who was so popular all those years ago. I think what's so kind of quadruply uncomfortable about that song, I mean, I agree with everything you just said that, you know, the the, the lyrics are just just horrible now, aren't they? They're just yeah. horrible. Like the yeah. sentiment of the song is horrible. The, the idea that you would go, ah, I'll tell you what would be really funny we'll write a song kind of dissing each other, but it will be about how both of us are gay. But obviously we're not. Obviously neither of us are actually gay. But we'll keep, we'll call each other that because, you know, what could be worse? What could be worse than that? And this comes from someone, in Jonathan Davis's case particularly, who famously yeah. suffered genuine abuse that inspired that classic first Corn album, that Corn album that, you know, that... that started that entire movement i find it absolutely baffling wild to think i didn't quite put two and two together but i always there was you know like i haven't really spoken about this so much before but i i was such a big corn fan on the first two records that when and particularly love 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 that first record i was a little bit disappointed with certain bits of follow the leader and as a kind of a teenager i always just put that down to oh it was more commercial and oh it was more radio friendly and it was that but actually you know there's bits and bobs on this record which just just don't hold up and i probably couldn't have you know fully articulated it no, back same. in the day and i would have just been like oh you know I'll, I'll keep all in the family on because you know it's a song that it's just a laugh and it's just trying to be funny and they're mucking around and i you know i, I always thought it was crap in my head when i heard you know at that point limp Bizkit had one album out they had three dollar bill y'all out which i absolutely loved and corn had two albums both of which i absolutely loved so in front of the leader was coming along 
and Korn were doing a song with, with, with Fred Durst. I was so excited. And then I heard it and I was like, this is dreadful. Yeah. It's just dreadful. And going back to it all these years later, I mean, again, I'm, I'm sort of starting us off in the softest way possible because I think Fred Durst is very different. I think having interviewed Jonathan Davis a bunch of times over the years and Jonathan Davis being, you know, the, the person that, that... I think Jonathan Davis is much more connected with the person that made that first Korn album now than he is the the person who became that big rock star from the kind of follow the leader issues, you know, um, untouchables, take a look in the mirror era where it all went pretty fucking pear shaped for him as a human being. And he's been through a lot. He's been through a hell of a lot. So I wouldn't want to turn around and go, Jonathan Davis is a piece of shit for writing this song. He's an absolute piece of shit. I don't think Jonathan Davis is a piece of shit. I think he's absolutely rightly ashamed of this song. And it's a very, very unfortunate thing that this remains in their back catalogue. Yeah, like it it's a real shame that we can't just take this song and throw it in the fucking sea and get mm. rid of it. Like you said, that you know, Durst and obviously especially Jonathan Davis have, have gone, no, this is, you know, the song's bloody awful. I can't believe, bloody yada, yada, yada. You know, it's it's the worst thing we ever did. Da, da, da. So why is it still on streaming services? Why is this song still on streaming services? Um, why do you think that is? I, I guess, I mean, is it, it's on an album, which is their most famous album. Um, you know, they're, I think they're, their biggest selling, I think, you know, follow the leader is considered the quote unquote, um, the biggest, if not the classic, I think it's the, 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 the biggest yeah, corn it, album. It's definitely biggest, but. Um, so I think just kind of going, we're going to remove that one single song from it. I mean, they may not be able to do that. The record company might go, no, people bought it like this. It, it, it stays on. You gave it to us. Like they might not, they might have, no, you know, they may have no say in the matter, potentially. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, re- re- record, I don't, I record companies don't having no soul. There's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like it could be as simple as that. You know, it, yeah. if they were to take it off, you can kind of imagine the backlash they might get from certain kind of oh. dunderheaded sections of their yeah. audience, which, I mean, I don't think that's a reason to kind of keep it on if they're really that passionate about it. But no. yeah, everything about this song is just, I mean, unfortunately, like I say, we're starting quite low here in terms of like, I think in terms of like the people involved, yeah. um, and the rap sheet they have. I think overall, I think Jonathan Davis has got um, a, there's more positives from him as a human being than there are negatives. This is a pretty big negative, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Um, so you go, Corn, all in the family. I mean, I sort of stuck it in there really just to get us warmed up because I don't listen to it. And I, and, I, and I wouldn't listen to it. And I've kind of never liked it, to be fair. I've never thought it was just not a good song. But it's aged incredibly badly. Incredibly badly. Um, moving on to the next one. Uh, Kim mm. by Eminem. A song from the absolutely massive Marshall Mathers LP. Uh, from May 23rd. 2000 this album was released now the marshall mathers lp 
I think it's fair to say is Eminem's crowning moment of glory. It is his his finest work as an artist. Think that's fair? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it was it, it was certainly I think when he was when he was at his biggest and most notorious. The the biggest artist on the fucking face of the planet. Oh yeah, yeah. This was the point where he was biggest. He was even right? he was even appearing in Kerrang at this point. I mean, we've said about it before, but even Kerrang were born mm-hmm. by this point. I think he even got in Metal Hammer for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, obviously, Stan, you know, stands <laughs> crazy, on. Right? Yes, fuck. Yeah, I'm just a good old days when Metal Hammer had proper acts in there. Yeah. Uh, don't slag it off. Come on. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not slagging it off. I'm just slagging <laughs> off the pricks that uh, post on the Metal <laughs> Facebook page. Hello out there. You know who you are. Yeah. Um, obviously, Stan was on this album, which is like, and and it, even that, Huge even song. that, when I when I look back at um, at Stan, look. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Very Even the radio edit of Stan, I found quite uncomfortable listening to that on the radio, especially because it came out as a as a single Nick at Christmas time. I'm sure it was out of Christmas, you know. I think Stan was a Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Um, it's just you know it's ridiculous kind of thinking that now that you know a a, a song about a Christ fan. That was that was going to drive his car uh, off a bridge with his pregnant wife in the boot was getting was yeah. getting played on the radio every hour. Bad. I mean, it's entered into public vernacular, hasn't it? Now, Stan, yeah. and and I think when you go back to Stan, it is a, a deeply shocking. It is. Song. It is. The thing. The thing about Stan is it's pure fiction. Yeah. It is complete. I guess it must. It might That's be inspired exactly by, say. you know, something that you know, Eminem um, thought about after getting a couple of letters from a fan or whatever. It might, it might have been, that That would have been the thing, right? Stan is pure fiction. You can kind of debate the merits of whether or not Stan is kind of horrible, gratuitous song um, or is it a very kind of wry, if brutal, look uh, in a... In a quite a completely different way at fan culture and the lengths of which people will go to in fan culture and i think you know that's that's a debate to be had that's a debate for another time but definitely stan hard work hard fucking work as a song um now i ranked eminem's me and merlin did eminem's entire back catalog ranked for louder uh, at the start mm. of the year right and i said to him like you know like we're split and i said oh, i, I think i think Marshall Mathers LP should be number one, right? Yeah. I think it should be number one. It was him at his absolute peak and blah, 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 all that stuff, right? And I hadn't listened to it for a really, really long time. And I got through, I got past Stan. I was like, wow, Stan's really shocking. And a lot of the album is really, really quite shocking. Like, you know, obviously the the sort of, the the, the themes of the record are, fucking brutal really brutal but it's when i got to kim that i went from being like hey you know uh eminem is this brutal rapper who is really saying something is incredibly good who's kind of taken this idea of like how hard and hardcore hip-hop can be and 
you know has, has pushed it to the absolute limit to for me i i think this is the, the, the thing about this this song is is that listening to it years later what's really kind of chilling to me is the people involved in this song and that this song are about his young daughter yeah. his ex-wife can listen can listen yeah. to this song and can hear you know essentially a violent fantasy breakdown of what he wanted to do to them at that particular period of his life and i just think it is genuinely genuinely shocking i mean on the last kendrick lamar album there was a lot of shock and you know a lot of people were pretty outraged and that that you know there was a there's a quite a violent argument between a couple on that last kendrick album <laughs> that's <laughs> nothing like this no <laughs> like this is this is this is a horrifying song i think really 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 horrifying and again i was probably too young to really appreciate just how like the reality of the situation when you listen to it but i i i couldn't listen to this now i was just like i mean i think i think i did and i listened to it again because i picked it for this yeah it's it's too much i think it's just way way too much for me what do you <laughs> think as i couldn't even get through it um today i out of all the songs that you've picked this is the one i kind of left until today because i also wanted this to be kind of fresh kind of in my mind i mean it's mad that you know how how something that's you know best part of 23 years old how can something from over 20 years ago right still be shocking how do you know what i mean you, you, you take anything from like a previous decade say um you know uh alice cooper in the 70s you know oh my god the, the filthy 15 yeah in the 80s exactly right you know um you know slipknot in you know in the 90s and, and you know the stuff that was kind of considered so fucking shocking and you look at it now and you're just like oh, you know fucking hell nothing wrong with that so you know twisted sister and sort of stuff like this do you know what i mean that people just thought was going to be the end of fucking days but this to me is 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 actually even it's even more i i don't want to come across as like you know mary whitehouse wanker but this is genuinely quite shocking it's more shocking to me now than it was back then i didn't really kind of pay attention i I remember the song at the time um but i was never a massive eminem fan anyway i just thought a lot of it was kind of just just i don't know bluster over substance you know for, for me you know i get it I, I could i could totally understand why he ended up being the biggest star on, on the planet for a while but you know it's, it's like you know how how much more kind of graphic could could you get than a basic domestic violence and murder fantasy you know it's yeah you know when is too much too much when can you go like actually you know what mate you know, wind it in, dickhead. Dial it down. Come on, mate. Fucking hell. We've all had a drink. You know. And it's it's a genuinely horrible listen, this song. 
I'd actually prefer to listen to Lost Profits over this song. <laughs> Which is quite a, Yeah, quite I mean, a the thing is, is that, like, I, I don't think, I think the thing about it that, that made, that, that I kind of, I mean, I'm going to talk about this in a little bit more detail with the next song, actually. But the idea that what an artist can say can actually have some sort of real world ramifications. And the thing that Eminem is saying here in this song, it's not all potentially this might be this or there is an idea that maybe in my head I've created this thing. You are using your that's real daughter's a, yeah, name. That's what I was gonna, you are yeah, using your real ex-wife's name. You are literally airing your own. Like, Washing, and, and yeah, the, airing, airing dirty, airing dirty we, laundry is. I've never been down with that. But it, it's it's like it's like you were saying I, earlier. His, his grown-up daughter now can fucking go onto iTunes and put this on. I I can't imagine what must be going through her head. Or her, I don't know, yeah. being, I don't know, 10 or 11 or something. And some kid coming up to her at school going, hey, have you heard, have you heard what your dad is rapping about? He's rapping about you and your mum. Have you heard this? Do you know what I mean? You know? And, and the sh- you know, the, the shit is like unbelievably graphic, yeah. violent. And it is... It, it's so graphic and um it's funny she's like i'm obviously i had it on earlier and i'm here for my girlfriend very romantic and she was like did he, she was like when did this come out again i was like 2000 she's like did he invent incels like he he kind of invented incels and i was like yeah fuck and like the thing is again like eminem i get like in his i think you know Eminem is a less, for me, is a less clear-cut case than someone like Jonathan Davis. I think it's less clear-cut on what side of the fence he sort of sits. I don't know what sort of person he actually is because it's all cartoony one minute and then it's it's this the next. And where he's gone into, you know, in the aftermath since then over the years, you know, his, his downfall in a lot of ways has been the fact that the shit just doesn't fly anymore you know like he where do you go when you've written a song like this like you got nowhere he's got nowhere to go after this and i think that is you know i, I think it's just quite a lot you, you get for me you get one more eminem album which is pretty good and then in the aftermath of that he's had to completely change style and he or he's kind of gone back to trying to do it you know he's had the fucking beef with mgk mm. and whatever and you know and eminem used to be like the most feared mc around and now he's sort of a bit of a i'm not going to go as far as say he's a bit of a joke but i think he's someone who people have far less yeah. respect for than they did around this time and back then it was because oh it's all about being the most brutal the most brutal as you, you possibly can the most extreme like pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and he's pushed it here to a point where he's kind of painted himself into a corner and i think he comes across not good not good due to this like you know th- this is i think this is um it's a really really horrible hard listen and it's so real as well you know i think it's the, the fact that this is a song it just feels so real like that's the fucking that's the mother of your child that's that's your child that you're putting in this song like i i 
the only kind of defense I could give him for it is the same defense that I would give for say like Daryl Palumbo for the um for the, the first that first mm. glass album where people go, Oh, it's really misogynistic and I'm like, Well look, you know, he might have been through he, he might be kind of trying to expouse something in him that is so heartbroken that it's turned into something quite mm. vile, right? And but the thing is Daryl never he never says you know hmm. this is the person yeah. this is their name this is who this is whereas Eminem does and I just you know like I don't know I, I, I was a really big fan of Eminem back in the day and going back to his entire back catalogue now it was one of those ones where I think like you know would I stop listening to his entire discography because of that but no I wouldn't but I, I would used to just put this album on in full I now actually think the Slim Shady LP, which is equally kind of quite horrible yeah. in places, um, is is a is a is a better album, and it's made me go, yeah, he's not somebody. He's somebody who you have to very very much cherry pick their entire discography, and like he's a talented guy. It's gone from being like someone like Ian McKay, where you just go, you are brilliant. I'd love to hang out with you. I'd love to go for beers with you. I really respect you as a person. I really respect you as an artist. Eminem is someone where you're like, okay begrudgingly you are talented um i hope you've worked your shit out because i'm not sure i'd want to spend that much time with you do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah 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 uh anyway let's move on this is sort of similar kind of a similar thing i've also picked uh sick to death by plan b now plan b's first album who needs actions when you've got words which came out on the 26th of june 2006 is a really really great debut album like a really really great debut album um and incredibly affecting again you know kind of almost doing the sort of thing that that eminem did and and, and bringing his real life into his music mm. and kind of holding a mirror up to himself and then back out onto his audience as well um you found a plan b at all gaz um I actually got into him um, with with the sophomore album, um, Def was it Defamation of Strickland Banks. Defamation uh, of Strickland Banks, great fucking record. Yeah, great. great record. I, I, I think I saw a bit on on Jules Holland's doing. Um, I can't remember what the first single was called. Ba that band. Said love you, boy, I love you so. Brilliant, and I, I was just like, yeah, I, I, I was like, who's this? Who's this soul boy? This is amazing. I had no idea that yeah. I just thought it was, it was a new kid on the block. You know, I had no idea of, of, of what was that he had previous. <laughs> I had no idea. He's got previous. He's got, fuck me, he's got previous, and we're not talking about his acting in mm -hmm. the swing. <laughs> um yeah yeah um did you get this album so once you did you go back to this album when you got into death oh uh, i did yeah a few years later yeah 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 because i was already had this record and so when the death motion street the banks came out i bought the day it came out i was so excited and i put it on and i was very like, oh, different okay yeah. i mean look yeah. very dear it yeah. couldn't be much more dear. like you never yeah. kind of link the two um I actually brought Who Needs Action uh, uh, When You've Got Words into a trade-off when we used to do trade-off on, on Riot Act uh, oh, back yeah. in the day and I gave it to my former co-host who, unsurprisingly, considering it is a hip-hop album, didn't get it in any way whatsoever. Now, mm. 
that's fine i think on a surface level you could look at songs like um kids or mama loves a crackhead or charmaine um or where you're from and probably go oh, this is a violent nasty person um i think what ben drew aka plan b does throughout this record like i say as i think he kind of is holding a mirror up to society um the song that made me go i think when i first listened to this album the song that made me go jesus christ this guy is fucking talented is actually sick to death which i think you know is the only one of these three songs where i think the story and the content and the intention of this song is weirdly something which i don't really have a problem with in fact i i borderline agree with it um this is the story of art as power right uh, of what art can do to inspire people and what it can do to make people feel some pretty fucking weird shit right um it is ben drew plan b going when i say these things and somebody goes and does it and then rappers like me mm. get the blame for the violence that's happening on the street that i am talking about in my music yeah maybe i am right maybe i am really fucking powerful so fucking watch yourself and you know i would never turn around and go oh the reason there are stabbings in london is because of people like plan b like that's I, I i actually don't think that's true but i think he i think he is you know that the point that he's trying to make in this song the point that you know if you think my brutal music if, if you think society is brutal because i make brute brutal music then you better not fucking step to me because i am actually satan i am actually the devil um i think at the time i thought wow what an, what a really fucking interesting way to approach that because normally someone like eminem who we just talked about you get like the way i am by eminem and he's going what the fuck did i do i didn't make those kids shoot themselves i didn't make high school massacres happen it was not my fault i just made music that it's a reflection of society why is it film's fault why is it games fault why is it musicians fault that's why the people you always blame why don't you blame the nra why don't you blame the blah 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 like the you know the upbringing why don't you blame our violent society that's what people normally do what plan b has done here has gone oh no actually it is me yeah you're right it is me i am the person i am the person responsible for this because i am the fucking you know i am the antichrist essentially and he's like kind of taking all the the blame in and going yeah don't don't fuck with me because people will follow me to the ends of the earth um and i actually think that's a really really interesting way to approach this subject like really really interesting i just think it is a not true and not accurate and b some of the imagery on this song is sickening like really 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 hard and in the years past i've thought about stuff like i don't know artists kind of encouraging pylons people like Nicki minaj encouraging pylons into music journalists or giving out you know people who are fans of bands finding someone that's said some shit about an artist they don't like and then you know their postcode ends up on the internet and they or they get bombarded with like hate i think about what phil anselmo said about dimebag daryl and where that took mm. us and how people are emotive over the subject and i just think that actually i don't 
the the pretty much everything else on this it's like it is like oh, this is a bad song and a bad message or or it's made by bad people this is a complicated one because i don't think ben drew no. is a bad person no. at all i don't even think that the, the message that he's sending out is necessarily bad um i think it's just an interesting way to approach it and i can see that again it is a reflection of society rather than his kind of you know this isn't him i just think it's quite a kind of dangerous game you're playing and particularly when you look at some of the lyrics turn my stomach a bit you know mm. how do you feel about this song i mean like i say it's 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 nowhere near as kind of cut and dried as you know corn and and eminem for me um do do violent lyrics kind of you know challenge society or do, you know does stuff like this kind of highlight you know double standards um you know like one of the last kind of verses you know a couple of months later the shit gets banned so like it was me that put that switch in his hand and told him to kill that man like this whole song was just mm. some kind of sickly devised plan you know Sometimes I kind of think that he's he's almost singing the I say singing like you know rapping these kind of verses almost like in the third person. Mm. You know, yeah. Whereas someone like Eminem, you know, it's coming from him, and it's him that is saying this shit. You know, I I think sometimes people like Plan B. Um, kind of inventing these kind of characters. I, w- I wouldn't say it's. You know, I'm not saying take it with a pinch of salt or anything like that, because there is some quite dark shit in you know, you know the, the whole bit about genital warts and all that. It's like Jesus, God, wow. I totally, yeah, I, I totally mean, forgot there, that part. You know, it's like Jesus. Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> um trigger warning if you need one i mean when it's lines like i talk so foul i talk so coarse i show no regret i show no remorse like a necromaniac raping a course up the anal passage while contact contracting genital warts that is <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and i don't even think that's the worst line in the song to be perfectly honest I think there's some fucking really, really like dark, dark shit on here. I, and when he says th- that, I, but then I he also you, says, "I think you've got a critic in the room, Steve." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, um, but then, really, you know, there's, there's that whole bit. Um, that's some nasty. Which, I mean, where is it? The bit like. You best buy a TV if you want me to stop because I'm so heavily influenced by the things that I watch. It ain't just Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. It's irreversible. There's my city of God. It's in. It's the news on every channel when I turn on the box. It seems paedophiles singing on top of the pops. Gary Glitter, Michael. He had to blunt that out, but I think it's like Michael Jackson. Um, on the net, King Bigley got his neck taken off. That's some nasty shit and you wonder why I'm sick when I see this shit and say exactly what I think. That's some nasty shit and you don't mm-hmm. ban it, but you ban computer games, something round here really yeah. stinks. What about cigarettes and alcoholic drinks or the animal that died so your wife could wear that mink? You're disgraceful like getting caught pissing in a sink. A white girl won't suck my dick just because it's pink. Like, it's 
right at the end there it's like oh mate what the fuck yeah. have I got to do with anything do you know what I mean I think he the, the, the big problem with this that I have with this song is I mean A it's just so fucking graphic and B there are times I think where the fucking train careers off yeah. the track a bit and it makes for just like an incredibly uncomfortable listen but again I don't think I think I think Plan B, I think Ben Drew is a super, is a super talented, incredibly intelligent, really thoughtful, brilliant, brilliant artist. Um, but this just make this hits me in a way where I'm like, fuck, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I probably don't need to listen to that particular song anymore. But you know, like this album's yeah. full of shit like that. Really, I mean, this is this is probably the most extreme song on the on the record. But you know. You go and listen to like Mama Loves a Crackhead, where he's basically, I mean, that again is him fantasizing about his step, you know, killing yeah. his stepdad or like wishing death on his stepdad. Like it's, it's brutal, right? But his stepdad is a drug addict who is, you know, according to him, at least we have to say, like allegedly kind of abusing his mother. I can see why you might want to write a song about something like that if it is like that fucking personal to you. But and he, he just pulls no punches. It makes an incredibly, I think, a really powerful, a really great album. Like it's the only time I'm going to say like actually, you might want to go and listen to this because it is. I think it's great. I think it's brilliant. I think he's really brave. I think he's a great artist. I just think it's it's hard work, man. It's just yeah. such hard work. No, it is. It is. You can you can kind of see why he, he took an absolute kind of one eighty about turn on the follow up album, which was basically we, we, oh yeah, stick on the fucking yeah, 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 yeah like, it was, have yeah, a fun it was, time. It was his man, attempt yeah. at being a pop star. He wanted to be a pop star, you know, just like mm. is, is, yeah, exactly the same way as like you know with Dizzy Rascal when he released Tongue in Cheek. That was his that was his pop star album. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, but I mean, I guess the difference between him and Dizzy Rascal is Dizzy Rascal's first album was like fix up look yeah. sharp and i'm a rascal yeah, I know. Uh, and it's like hey so yeah. now i'm bonkers whereas plan b went from yeah. like you know i i, I put the gun in the hand of the, like somebody got their neck yep. fucking slit to like hey yeah. i'm in a soul club yeah Checking my fingers and having a good yeah. time it's quite a jump right yeah. it's quite a jump falsetto in a zoot suit yeah mm. classic album though Defamation of Strickland Banks. Yeah, I would be up I, for it. I love a, it. That is a classic album for me because, well, as yeah, yeah. there's a hell of a story. I, I it, it is brilliant, and you know, I think this around the time I remember he was in the enemy when this album came out. I think the first time I, what made me want to go and listen to him is he did the full. Do you remember when DMX did that photo shoot and he was just covered yep. in blood? I remember Plan B was in the first time I saw him. He was in the enemy, and he was just he was he was wearing he was wearing like a he's wearing like a, a kind of just a white t-shirt and a tracksuit, and he had like a gold chain on and he was just drenched in blood. And I think he had like, there was a knife on the floor in front of him. And I was like, who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, went and got this album and I was like, holy shit. Like it, it, it was, a, it was a period where I, 2006, I think I said this before, it was a period where I was like, hip hop's getting really mm. commercial now. It's getting really commercial and it's all kind of bling, bling, bling. And I'm not really feeling it. And then I heard plan B and I was like, okay, he's the guy he's fucking great really really good um so anyway look i wouldn't be completely against this in the same way it's just like it is fucking hard work 
sick to death by plan b if you if you're interested if you want to go about a song um all right i got two left and these are kind of yeah well i think you'll understand as i get into them uh less sex by daughters from the album you won't get what you want which was released on october 26th 2018 now I spoke about You Won't Get What You Want by Daughters when it came out a lot. And the more I listened to it over the years, the intervening next couple of years, the more and more I was convinced that it was a legit all-time kind of classic, genre-defining masterpiece of a record. Like, really, really hard work, but really, really incredible. That's how I felt about it. I don't know if you had heard this album uh no to be honest this is kind of one that has sort of passed me by really were you familiar with daughters uh, as a band at all? not really not until like all the, everything came out you know and the, yeah. the 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 kind of the 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 you know the the statements um which i i remember reading at the time um mm. yeah I was reading it again today um, and yeah like 7,000 word statement and it's one of the darkest gnarliest things I've ever read in my life yeah so this kind of goes into a similar thing that I was talking about with Slow Tie really because I really loved mm. that Daughters album it felt like somebody kind of listening to it today I can see why this is like yeah it's proper bit of Stephen Hill <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, man, like that that album at the time when I first heard it, I was like, "Holy shit, it's mm. quite a lot to take in," and it didn't even make my top twenty albums of two thousand eighteen. Come the end of it, but by twenty twenty, like by the time the kind of pandemic mm. ran rolled around, I listened to it so much, and it had got better and better and better with every listen to the point where I was like, "This now, it seems mad to me that this wouldn't be like." in my top 20 albums of the decade <laughs> let alone the fucking year right yeah. I thought it was incredible and it felt like one of the most honest purgings of a man's failings that I had heard put to record ever it's such a bleak nasty not even nasty is not even the word it's such a bleak self-loathing record right it's so kind of it it's grim and grotesque and horrible and it seems to kind of point its finger back inwardly on itself and go i am the problem mm. here i am the fuck up i am shit i am terrible i have let these things infect me and i used to listen to it and go whoever made this record is which would be daughter's front man alexis marshall is so fucked up like this person feel he feels genuinely fucked up what a good job that he's got music to kind of purge himself of all of that and of course as we know now with the, again if you want to the, the the statement that gaz is referring to is the statement by um christian hater aka lingrignota um again an artist who i have got a lot of mm. respect for uh, an artist who again whose music i find incredibly challenging incredibly difficult but who i think is 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 a brilliant brilliant artist and 
her statement regarding the trials and tribulations of her relationship with Alexis Marshall, which I I really don't want to get into specific details yeah. about here, is harrowing. It's harrowing to read some of that stuff. You're quite right. It's yeah. absolutely shocking, harrowing. And my initial reaction to that was, well, that's, I mean, I think Daughters are, are not a band anymore, as far as I'm aware. I think Daughters are just not a band anymore which is probably probably for the best um because the record is so shrouded in self-loathing and this kind of admittance of 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 guilt and of kind of self-loathing and disgust at the, i did sort of think to myself like I, I wonder if i if i would be able to listen to this and this isn't a case of me going i'm not going to listen to daughters anymore i just haven't I just haven't listened to them. I haven't put it on. Haven't put that record on. I haven't turned it on. I haven't haven't listened to it. Um, and so when I decided to do this, this felt like a really kind of obvious one for me to go back and investigate a little bit. And look, to be honest, I haven't listened to the whole album. Um, but my feeling is I probably won't listen to this album unless sex particularly. I think there, there are a few songs that I, that I really, really kind of connected with a lot that I really liked back in this album. You know, The Flammable Man, I just thought was was, was so great and Less Sex, I really, really liked as well. Um, and like Ocean Song, uh, you know, I, I thought was just amazing. Less Sex now, it just feels... Um, what used to sound like a troubled man exercising his demons now sounds like a sordid confession yeah. to horrors that I, I I couldn't have even comprehended when I first listened to this record and it's really too much to bear and it's now it's just too real you know the whole kind of separate the art from the artist thing well I think you can separate um <laughs> I don't know let, let's say like, not that I want to listen to them but it's quite easy to separate Elstorm and the things that Elstorm did from their art because their art is, ha ha, we're, we're pirates. <laughs> well, you're not pirates, are you? You're yeah. dickhead, racist, um, you know, sexist, misogynistic wankers. So, uh, but if you want to ignore that and just go, ha ha, I'm a pirate, I drink rum. You, you don't get reminded of all that yeah. shit when you listen to Elstorm's music. You don't get reminded of it. You get reminded of how bad a band yeah. they are, which is the only only thing you ever get reminded of when you listen to Elstorm. But you don't get reminded of what horrible people they are. You just get reminded of the fact that they think they're pirates. With this, you are constantly reminded, hello, my name's Alexis Marshall and I've done this. And I don't want to listen to that. I just don't want to listen to that. Like it's 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 way too much and I just... You know, uh, that, like I say, it used to feel like a purging and now it just feels like kind of reliving something which is quite real. And it, it, in this instance, it's, it's it's no good. It's no good for me. I can't listen to that. That's a real shame. But like you said, um, when you sent the list through, um, obviously, you know, I, I remember, you know, when all that stuff kind of came out, um, I never really listened to the music until like the last few days and 
you know, quick Google search and you get the lyrics up and stuff like this. It's like he was fucking, he was fucking hiding in plain sight. This wasn't some like kind of, I don't know, like tortured soul who was getting shat on, you know. He was just this sordid, gaslighting, just nasty, horrible, vile, disgusting man. Yeah, really, genuinely piece of shit. Obviously, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read out the fucking, you know, the the statement because it's fucking 7,000 words, Jesus Christ. But, you know, and also I really don't want to, you know, I'm almost, I wish I hadn't reread it again today. Because, like, fuck me, man. But it, it, it's out there if you, you know, if you're curious. Um, you know, but w- what I've just kind of called. It's interesting. What, sorry, mate, to yeah. like cut in really, really sorry. quickly. It's interesting that Christian Hater's music to me is now takes on so much more yeah. power whilst the power whilst you know daughter's power is like you know it's it's worthless yeah, it's, now. Worthless. it's it's kind of it's kind of become worthless yeah. whereas it's kind of elevated the music of lingering nota i don't think that would be of much comfort no. to the, you know the people that have suffered yeah. in, uh, from this but i do think you know that that's something yeah. that i that, that i think is kind of ironic yeah. about it yeah. but anyway well, no, sorry yeah, go that's on. interesting you said i had a kind of similar thing with what i was talking about in regards to paul draper earlier um as a result of all that shit coming out, I've I've gone back and kind of re rediscovered my love of the Anchoress. You know, you know it's it's you know it's incredible stuff. It's if you like Kate Bush, you'll love the Anchoress. Anyone out there? It's like it's like yeah, it's like Florence and the Machine, but good. You know. <laughs> That's harsh. No, nah, not really, machine. mate. Florence and the Machine got some bangers. They got some bangers. Florence and the Machine got some bangers, mate. Lungs is a good album. This is a, of all the things, the one thing he puts yes. his foot down on. Daughters, Plan B, yeah. Eminem, yeah. homophobic corn, but I'm putting my foot down on Florence and the Machine. Unbelievable. New people. Don't you dare cover Fleetwood Mac in the chain. How dare you? Oh, well, mate, they're not the worst. Uh, the pop punk band did that. Oh, really? Oh, terrible. Oh, God. Yeah, I used to play it on Team Rock Radio. It was did. absolutely awful. Better was your, single of, the, be, be, yeah, was your fucking single of the week, wasn't it? how <laughs> dare you um but anyway yeah sorry getting back to, yeah no that, yeah that, that's interesting that you go back and kind of again like elevate yeah. an artist in the in the kind of after yeah. that yeah that's sort of how i've that is sort of how yeah. i feel i mean look you know again this is not me saying to someone you mustn't listen to daughters don't you understand but that, that's how i yeah. feel about it do you that's how i feel i think if you can listen to daughters and listen to that man say yeah. those things and just be like oh yeah it still feels like uh, uh, like again you may have a very specific relationship with that record and a very specific relationship with these songs and what they meant to you at that point and i am not going to try and su- you know kind of suppress your feeling of feeling like that i don't think that's my place to do that i'm just saying from my own personal perspective i think it's it, it's kind of stripped it of any power in a lot of ways the thing that made daughters so interesting and so appealing to me has now is is now the thing that makes them so totally worthless totally worthless uh, and something which i've I, I, that doesn't move me other than to go Ugh, i don't really want to listen to this it's really it's 
the, it's the most of all of these ones that I feel about mm. like that. This isn't me going, as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, I won't yeah. listen to Daughters again. I no. don't really do that. I don't necessarily do that. I don't kind of make those kind of instantaneous reactions towards something which, you know, it, I let it kind of yeah. ferment a bit. And knowing we were doing this, it's the first time I've gone back to this album in a long time. And I was just like, yeah, I just, I just don't want to listen to it really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have any kind of like emotional attachment to this album, this band, like you. But the following band we're going to talk about, this is the one for me. This is the band I had a massive emotional and just huge investment in the mm. in the lost. In- well, let's move on then. Yeah. Let's move on and talk about them then. Uh, you won't be surprised to learn that I have picked Lost Profits. Ode to Summer, specifically by Lost Profits, is a yeah. song. This feels like an obvious one. I think the recent news story involving Ian Watkins really made me think about him and think about yeah. that band yeah. once again. And I have only listened to their music or any of their music once since Ian Watkins went to prison and that was actually for that's not metal very very early on because we were speaking about how has any band ever just been erased from history in the way that lost profits have in the rock scene in my lifetime i don't think any band has gone from festival main stage festival headliner Headlining Download, Main Stage at Reading, Headlining Advanced Warp Tour, number one albums, multiple number one albums, to that none of that happened. None of that, to to like absolutely no existence whatsoever. And so, you know, I think in 2015, a few years after, you know, he'd been in jail, uh, on That's Not Metal, we decided to go back and listen to the album and sort of discuss it and see how we felt about it and I haven't listened to it since then and I remember listening to it and I remember thinking it sounds really different now just sounds different it just sounds really like it it doesn't sound like the same thing to me it just doesn't I just feel uncomfortable being anywhere around it and I remember at that point it was the song Ode to Summer which is a song that I really liked. It's the last song on the Fake Sound of Progress, their mm. debut album. And it was the one that made me feel most queasy because it's so much about the fact that when you're young and you're impressionable and you're growing up and you're discovering things for the first time, those are the great days of your life. Call my friends, tell them that I'm coming home. Mate, you're <laughs> never coming home. Ian Watkins, you are never, you're never no, coming home, mate. Never, right? And... This is, you know, again, like from all the stuff that we know about that individual, was he involved in this when, you know, were those things in his brain, in his mind, when this album was being created, when this album came out? From what his family have said, you would, you would say no, you would say no, probably not like that. They, they believe, they believe not. You know, his mum, I think, has said it was being in a band that really getting involved in drugs and stuff is a thing that just completely destroyed him. So you've almost got the words and demeanour and lyrics and delivery and like 
the soul of a completely different person maybe if you believe that i mean i don't know the things i don't know all i know is i I don't want to listen to lost prophets i don't want to and gaz go on yeah you're gonna say getting hit hard yeah i mean i mean there's someone like we we, we've spoken about you you know when you know those earworms you get (laughs) uh yeah 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 it's it happens I'm not gonna lie um I'll be in the van and like uh, I think I, I I said this to you like earlier this week like uh, you know on my van I've got big heavy doors right and you pull you pull that you, you, you slam it it almost gives like a like a drum fill it's this big booming kind of kit like kick sounds and sometimes when I do that what comes in my head and we sing because we're going nowhere. And, 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 and I immediately have to check myself. Because I start singing a Lost Prophet song. Or sometimes I'll be like... Dum, ba-da-dum, dum, dum, ba-da-dum, dum, dum, ba-da-dum, dum. I, I did that at the weekend. Yeah, it, it just does. came in my it head. Does. In my head, it just I was like... Dum, yeah. Yeah, and it's... Like, oh. and it's Where's that come from? It, it's tough, man, because like... Like I said, like I was, I was saying, I've said many times. You know, I, I found it, I, I found it a real, I got a real hard time like getting into new metal or trying to just like find my way in. Well, with a band like Lost Prophets, a they were ours, you know, and b they kind of they, they, they had that kind of glorious mishmash of kind of styles, a bit you know emo in there. There's a bit of post hardcore, you know, there's obviously a lot of glass draw, especially on that first album. Um, you know, like wicked. Pop man, pure well, fucking yeah, loads pop of pop, well. loads of pop. You know, big choruses, um, um, kind of bit a bit like Incubus, kind of funk in there as well. Um, and it was just like you know, it it did seem this kind of fire, kind of building underneath them. I remember like seeing you know Shinobi vs Dragon Ninja video on Kerrang all the time. You know, and then when that second album came out, there seemed to be a lot of fucking just like I mean, I, I remember buying, you know, I remember buying Burn Burn single, going fuck this. This is fucking me too, wow! Yeah. What a song! I bought start something the day it came mm. out. I you know I rushed into town, went to MVC, shout MVC. Yeah. Uh, you know I like just <laughs> rinsed it for, for the whole week. Um, you know in the car, work, everything. It was just all day. It was just, I love that. Last train home last summer. You know, get out, make a move. We still kill the old. There's just so many fucking bulletproof bangers on there. And then you know, yeah, it was just like what fuck. Did you, these are going to be huge because they were getting managed by fucking Q Prime, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, Liberation Transmission comes out, number one album. Um, mm-hmm. That's got that's got the song on, which I, I I cannot listen to again, especially with the fucking video. Was it Town Called Hypocrisy? Fuck. I, she, I, I yeah, I do. I adored yeah, that again, song. Like, the video. I say love. Like, you know, like fucking, love. you know, like Blue Peter set. It's just like, the Mr. Rogers video. Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck. Yeah, nah, it's not good, man. you know. But but, but it, it, even back then, right? I've had you know I've had sort of friends who've worked in the music industry and stuff like this. I I remember hearing some quite unsavoury stories about what Ian Watkins may or may not have been into in about two thousand and seven. I heard some shit. Well, mate, it's it's you know it, it it's a you know it's it's a tale that you know again. It's happenstance that he got caught at all. You know, he got, he, it was it was the drug thing. You yeah. know, I mean, this story's been told. I think at this point, kind of everybody knows 
somebody had gone to the police and they were ignored and he was able to use his natural charisma and his rock star status to throw the police off the scent for many many years before a, a simple drugs investigation led to the discovery of some just unbelievable things and lost profits currently have seventy two thousand plus yeah. monthly listeners on spotify <laughs> i find that pretty i find that pretty fucking incredible i find it, quite, I find it like fucking I find depressing, that sh- actually yeah i i mean it's it's nuts it's nuts to me um but again man i mean you just like i don't want to judge those people because i don't know what those songs mean to them all i can say to you is hearing that guy's voice on a record makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable in a way that it doesn't make me feel when i hear michael jackson if i hear ignition bar the other week and they played ignition really and i was and i was like and i was like are you mad what are you guys playing at that's fucking crazy yeah i was like you crazy what the fuck are you playing this for but it didn't i didn't have that i was just like fucking hell but it didn't make me go jesus christ like i don't want it like it didn't make me you know when you kind of fucking your spine kind of curls and you just sort of you just go like there's just something like when lost prophets come on and you know i don't Again, I put this song on, and as soon as his voice came in, I was like, "Man, I just, yeah. I just can't do it. I just, I just cannot do it." I mean, he's the he's the main one where I'm like, "I yeah. just can't do it." But I, I think, I think the thing that kind of hurts me the most was like at the start of 2004, I um, I had a you know mental breakdown basically, and I was kind of sectioned in, in hospital, you know. Um, one of the albums that I would listen to all the time would start something, you know, uh, and face down the progress, you know, as 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 albums that kind of got me through, you know, one of the toughest kind of times of my life. And unlike you know, like a lot of albums, you know, be that trouble gun, be that whatever, you know. Um, albums that have kind of soundtracked my life I've got me through tough times the good times all that kind of stuff whenever I listen to them now they still kind of give me that kind of not only that kind of like fizzy thrill of listening to them again almost like for the first time but also kind of reminding me of where I came from and you know and it and it and it kills me that I can't listen to some of my some of those kind of songs that got me through some of the toughest times in my life I just can't listen to them anymore and that that really hurts that really fucking hurts you know yeah. mu- mu- music, yeah, music and, and, is, you know I'm sure it is with you man music was my fucking saviour my absolute saviour mm. you know and knowing that I can't listen to that stuff really not in the you know w- without like I listened to Ode to Summer today I it was it was tough. It was fucking tough. Listen, mm. sickening. I felt a bit ill afterwards. You know, but yeah, it's yeah. And I'm, I mean, and and that's why I would never turn around. Because if someone is like, you know what, the song, that song, it was there then, and it's still 
I need it for that. I need it for that reason. That's why I'd never turn around and be like, oh, you listen to Lost Prophets, you piece of shit. Like, I wouldn't no. say that to someone because if they if they felt that, and obviously yeah. you don't, you know, you don't, and you, you know, and I can feel the kind of, the, the upset that that has, the idea that you can't, or you, not even that you can't, you, you don't no, wish to. Yeah, yeah it's not a case that you to. can't, because like we're talking about with the corn track, all their fucking albums were on iTunes and Spotify. Yeah, and you know you don't, don't do wish it, no, to do no. that. You don't, and it does, and because you know that impact has been taken away for whatever reason. This isn't, you know, I don't think this isn't fucking what people like to use a word like virtue signaling or whatever. This isn't that. This isn't that at all. This is just simply going. You know what? Actually, when I listen to that, the overriding feeling is this, and it overrides everything else now. And at one point it wouldn't have done. At one point it was really important. Now it's not, and. That is ultimately, you know, kind of where I kind of cut and dry all of these things. Um, I haven't listened to Marilyn Manson since that thing came out. I haven't made a conscious decision not to listen to Marilyn Manson. I just haven't listened to Marilyn Manson. I still listen to The Smiths. The Smiths come on. I go, I'll call The Smiths. Weirdly, every time a Morrissey solo song comes on, I do go, should I be listening to this? And I do have that thing where I go, oh, I don't really know if I want to listen to this, but not to the point where I'm like, fucking turn it off. I'll just make sure it doesn't come on. Marilyn Manson, I'm like, I don't want that on. I haven't listened to Ramstein since that stuff has, has happened recently. Um, and we draw our own lines where we draw them. And again, you know, if... If you walked out of your... This is a totally hypothetical situation... If you walked out of a hospital um, to go home after you had just been given the all clear from having cancer and you put your iPad on and you put burn burn on or rooftops, yeah. right? And you walked down the street and the first thing you heard when you knew you were free of cancer leukemia whatever like a a life-threatening illness that you thought was going to kill you if that was the first song that you put on to celebrate that i can understand why that would override anything yeah. i can understand that. i can yeah, totally understand that and that's the things like you don't know what those things mean to people um i'm always really interested to uh to kind of flag these things up and bring them up and have these conversations and stuff because i think it brings up like interesting things and again you know there's never, I'm not judging anyone, I'm not telling anyone what they should listen to. If you want to turn around to me and, you know, when I've said like, oh, I'm I'm still totally quite comfortable, weirdly, weirdly quite comfortable listening to Michael Jackson. Like, I, weirdly, because it's still kind of there in the ether, in the vernacular, because it's still there. Or if I'm like, you know, actually, nothing Matty Healy has ever done has bothered me enough to even consider that I might want to not listen to the 1975. If you think that's a problem with me then yeah i guess it is but that's my that's my decision isn't it that's my yeah. decision I, I i i wouldn't turn around to anyone you know even, even if they listen to fucking burzum or whatever i don't know what their relationship with that is so i just think the are the, interesting things to be had and it all kicked off because i was thinking about my top 20 albums of the year and slow tie 
nope. ain't gonna be in there nope. <laughs> just ain't gonna be in there unfortunately because he's fucked it like he's i don't mean i mean obviously he's fucked his life and you know what he's made some very very ridiculous stupid idiotic and revolting decisions in his life um but yeah like and and he's just kind of stripped his music of any kind of potency for me so there you go mm. there you go um bit of a dark one that one wasn't it gaz but still we we'd like to we we like to mix it up we'd like to mix it up let us know be interested you know what our um where our 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 social media handles are so do Hmm. let us know what you think any thoughts you have uh, how you feel about certain people or whatever if you i mean if you just want to give us some abuse for whatever i don't know um call us snowflakes for not wanting to listen to lost profits and you know equally that's not a very nice thing to do is it so yeah, not really. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash true cop pop. You can sign up and you'll get black spiders on Sunday, yeah. Sunday evening. Sorry, it's a little bit late, but it'll be Sunday evening. And Kate Bush, oh, lovely Kate Bush coming love, lovely uh, Kate on Bush. Wednesday. Lovely Kate Bush, Kate Bush medley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> should be good. I'm, All right, mate. Yeah, I will. I think, um, bit, I think there's be a lot of partridge on Tuesday, isn't there? Let's be honest. A lot of partridge. <laughs> Lots, little bit of Stranger Things. A lot of partridge. A lot of partridge. Uh, we'll see you then. Thanks very much for listening, guys. See you soon. Love Cheers, you, mate. Bye. Bye.